get ready for the journey of a lifetime. Omega Metroid is excited to launch a new series exclusive to our Patreon channel, The Great Metroid Area Ranking. Our mission is simple. We are going to rank every single area in the Metroid series two at a time. Join us on our Patreon as we delve into all the different locales across this amazing series and get in on the action by helping dictate what areas we rank next. The Great Metroid Area Ranking is available to all Omega Metroid tier patrons. Join us on this incredible adventure and help us decide for the final time which Metroid area is the greatest of them all. OmegaMetroid.com's Patreon is the home to the Great Metroid Area Ranking, ROM Hack Reviews, The Spateri Show, and so much more. Consider signing up today and see you next mission. My name is Andy Spateri, joined, as always, by Doomital Crossing. What's up, Doom? How you doing today? Pretty good. Uh, pretty good. I mean, it's uh, been a crazy news week in gaming, um, and it's been a really uh, fun week for me personally. I've been, I've uh, been beating and playing, you know, quite a quite a few games. Uh, I saw Peak Cinema, Madam Web, a couple days ago. I mean, why even make movies at this point, frankly? You know, after the cinematic masterpiece of that. But uh, yeah, it's been it's exciting times. Got job interviews finally all, uh, up and running. So there you go. Yeah, you know we're on the grind. We're we're doing games. We're doing movies. It's just it's all coming together, man. There you go. The Madam Web boost. Um, do do you have <laughs> so uh, a peek behind the scenes? We are recording on Monday, the uh, the nineteenth of February. Do you have a holiday today as well? We do. Yes, we do. In fact, in um, okay. So don't tell me your holiday is president's day is that is that a holiday correct oh yes. yeah you know what our holiday is uh in alberta it is what do you got in alberta family day the family the most day. are so like every province in canada has like a different day like everyone has this day off as a holiday but each each province has its own like day for the holiday and alberta is just like i don't know like family day that's good enough <laughs> we just want the day off from work um so yeah, we're, it's a nice long weekend, and uh, and we're back to our regular recording schedule, which is awesome, which is actually great because we have a little bit of breaking news uh, that is going on in the world of Nintendo, which I think relates to a couple of things that you and I have been talking about the last couple of weeks here with the Switch 2, and uh, I think we should follow up on our Xbox conversation as well, but the, the breaking news is that there is, in fact, a Nintendo Direct set for the 21st. However, this is a partner showcase direct. So if you're looking for like the next big Nintendo game, it's not going to be there. It ain't there. Um, which which I think says to me, listen, and, and actually to back up even further, I believe since last we've talked, there have been new rumors coming out that the Switch 2 has been quote unquote delayed. I say delayed because it was never announced, but delayed. Uh, up until internally delayed, perhaps internally delayed. That's a good. Uh, that's a good way to put it. The point is, the Switch Two 
is presumably now not coming out until 2025. And, um, so that's that's the latest rumor, and, and I think Bloomberg has reported on this as well. So a little bit of smoke to that fire, but I don't know, man. I know that like a lot of smart people are saying that like Switch 2 is coming in 2025, and like I, I can believe it, but like if we're not getting like a legitimate Nintendo Direct here to pad out the rest of 2024, I just my I don't know. I don't see it. My gut is just like, no, this thing is getting revealed soon, and it's coming out sooner than than we think i could be obviously totally wrong i've been very wrong before but i don't know that just it makes sense to me i'm i'm inclined to believe it, especially because again as you mentioned bloomberg who you know it's one thing you know with you know in vgc Eurogamer, ign are reporting on it and stuff those are video game outlets bloomberg is like a pretty mainstream like business outlet in general video games are like a fairly small portion of like you know the content they cover they cover frankly way more important stuff than the world of video games but um, so I am inclined to believe it just because, you know, there does seem to be, you know, a lot of smoke here. That being said, nothing is official until Nintendo announces it. And while typically Bloomberg and, you know, all these people, you know, they generally get stuff right. As we've been talking about the Discord, sometimes they don't get it right. Like with the Switch Pro, that was one where, you know, including Bloomberg, they felt pretty confident that a Switch Pro was coming. And, you know, for whatever reason, that just didn't pan out. And so... While I am inclined to believe Bloomberg, it, it is also important to, you know, to remain skeptical that this is not Nintendo saying it. This is Bloomberg. And so even if it's likely, doesn't mean that it's guaranteed. So, yeah. And to me, the announcement of a partner direct, I don't know. That just screams to me like all the Nintendo games that you might see at a direct that could potentially pad out the rest of the year. Those games are on the Switch too, and we're not ready to reveal oh, yeah. it. So, like, that's why you know, here's a partner direct so, to hold you over. I, I, I don't know. I, I like that screams to me that like the the end is nigh for the Nintendo Switch. I really think I so. could. So, so here's the thing, because I could still I could still see them getting away with this and you know releasing the Switch in March. I just think what would happen is that maybe you know instead of the Switch two getting revealed in uh, March of this year, maybe it gets re- revealed in like June or September instead. Which it's is still, yeah, which is possible. Which is still you know a fairly long gap without you know news for Nintendo standards. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't factor in Nintendo standards, it's like what a few months of silence, and then it's like okay, now it's time to pump you up for the next big thing. Yeah. So I like even if it was a Nintendo Direct that had like you know, a couple more GameCube ports, you know, you're getting a Paper Mario Thousand Year Door here. Have, uh, I don't know, what what's a GameCube game that hasn't come out yet? Have Animal Crossing. Uh, F-Zero GX. Uh, yeah, have F-Zero GX. Uh, I, I, I heard there's a couple of Prime games that could uh, be really awesome on Switch. I don't know. <laughs> well, we, we will see. But yeah, so we got that partner direct uh, scheduled for the 21st, and it's about 25 minutes. So, I don't know, kind of cool. Um... For me personally, I, I'm never really, I've never really been blown away by any of the partner directs. But but then again, I also, I mean, and I think a lot of us do. I I buy Nintendo consoles for Nintendo games. So if I am looking for most of the time a, uh, a third party game, probably Nintendo Switch isn't my first avenue to get that game unless it really kind of makes sense. But um, we'll we'll see. We'll see mm-hmm. what is in store. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I was just going to say, I'm definitely in the same camp for sure. Like, definitely, like, these are, like, you know, the bottom tier of, like, possible Nintendo yeah. Directs. That being said, that being said, whether it's been a partner showcase or even, like, a third-party game in a general Direct, I think there have been some, like, pretty hype announcements. For me, personally, we were talking about the last Direct, 
my favorite announcement of that whole thing was the um the Tomb Raider rematches, which actually just released yeah. a few days ago. And so, you know, we could see stuff like that. Um they did uh the Pac-Man World remake at one of the earlier partner showcases. Maybe maybe we get the Pac-Man World 2 remake, which is what I really want. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? I mean, there's uh, there there could definitely be some really really cool stuff shown at a partner direct. Um, don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, I I don't know. I'll, I'll throw this out into the mm. world just so that you, if it ever happens, you can say that you heard it on the Omega Metroid podcast. But man, if they ever ported Skies of Arcadia Legends from the GameCube to the Switch, I would be a happy dude because that game is awesome, and that's one of the great GameCube games of all time, which is actually already a port of a Dreamcast game. So there you go. Um, so yeah, that's that's going on, and also uh, we should follow up really quickly on that whole Microsoft business that we talked about last week. Their podcast came out and said nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> uh, but a lot of nothing. Speaking of though, I think <laughs> that if you're looking at this Nintendo Direct, this partner showcase, pretty decent chance that you might see something from Microsoft there, because basically the whole gist of that podcast was this. They said that Microsoft is not going anywhere in terms of home consoles. In fact, the next home console is going to be this big mama jama that you've never seen before, and that there's going to be four unnamed games that are going to be ported to um, other consoles, but they ain't going to be Starfield, and it's not going to be uh, whatever, the Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the wording they use specifically is that they're doing two quote-unquote smaller games and two social games, and so... The kind of general consensus right now seems to be that it's going to be Hi-Fi Rush, Penimit, Sea of Thieves, and Grounded, which... Yeah. Yeah, makes... Yeah, those make sense. Sea of Thieves in particular, I think, would be, like, a really, like... That that really especially makes sense to me as, like, a multi-platform title. It's but, Rare's yeah. most successful original IP. Keyword, original IP to date. And, um, you know, it's still ongoing today. The game's constantly getting, like, you know, pretty substantial updates. They've yeah. probably like tapped out their entire Xbox audience. It makes sense to expand that and have, you know, other platforms start paying for that game too. That seems like a game, uh, again, that is particularly well suited, I think, for Nintendo Switch. Um, mm -hmm. Like it, it just seems like the kind of game. And, and I think like there's still like a large contingent of Nintendo fans that, that kind of have a soft spot for Rare and, and like want to see Rare do well, me included. Um, oh, yeah. God, it, like it's just it's crazy, by the way. Speaking of original rare IP, like how have we not had like Banjo Kazooie or Conquer come out? Like I, it, you it's think, mind boggling. You, you would think after the entire internet lost their minds during the uh, the Banjo reveal that like um, like yeah. months later Microsoft would like greenlit. Doesn't even necessarily have to be rare because like from what we understand, it seems like the current rare just kind of wants to do their own original IP. There's plenty of studios at Microsoft, you know, just, yeah. you know, just providing support right now. C you know, get someone to do like even even just a Banjo 1 and 2 remake, like just something to get off the ground and just see where if there's interest there. But I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know. That seems crazy. But I mean, that seems like a match made in heaven. You know, if you're going to put some games on other consoles, bring Banjo home like I that game would do that game would clean up on Nintendo Switch uh, much more than I think oh, it would on Xbox. Um so yeah, we'll see. But so that does add a little layer of uh, excitement, I think, to this uh, upcoming partner showcase here. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you see what happens. And, and the good news is, in typical Nintendo fashion, we don't have to wait long because they announced it like two days beforehand, and it starts at six a.m. 
Yeah, what? Well, which I am not waking up for. I believe it's seven no. a.m. for you, but it's six a.m. for me. I am uh, I'm gonna be sleeping in like a baby. Yeah, I'll, I'll catch up on the news. I'm not waking up for that. <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about a game that has a birthday today. Um, it is, if you can believe it, twenty years since Metroid Zero Mission released. We talked a little bit about it uh, last week on last week's show, and we said that we had some Zero Mission content up our sleeves, and we do. The next two shows that we're doing are all about Zero Mission. Uh, next week is going to be a boss a boss ranking show, easy for me to say, but this week we're just going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about some of our memories, talk about some of the uh, uh, some of the things that this game did, the legacy that it has, some of the some of the innovations, the the standards that it's set, and I think that there's really a lot on the bone for for Metroid Zero Mission. So I, I guess um, I'll just kind of start us off here, and, and just in general, just really quickly talk about my memories of Zero Mission kind of coming out because it it's almost like a sneaky underrated game. I feel like um, in, in the sense that like like everybody, I think everybody of a certain age remembers the the one-two punch of Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion. And that was arguably the biggest day in the history of Metroid. It was like, it was so unbelievable and so amazing that it almost kind of seemed like we were almost like still catching our breath from that two years later when, or I, I guess probably fair to say 18 months later when Zero Mission came out. Um, so I remember picking it up and, uh, and, and playing it and really loving it. And, but I almost feel like it, it, it kind of like it's one of those games that like does everything really well like like really really well and, and you almost don't kind of appreciate how well it does those things until like some time has passed because it, it doesn't have kind of the flair i don't think of like metroid fusion or or like for, for at least for me like the pure raw like gameplay atmosphere of super metroid but metroid zero mission is is really like a, a mixture of everything that was great about all the 2D Metroids just put into this amazing package. So I remember picking it up and um, and I remember just being really, really impressed. And and now looking back, it's like, man, we didn't know how good we had it back then. Because it was like, when you can have a new 2D Metroid come out and you're almost just kind of like, okay, like this is cool. Like it's, uh, this is cool. And, and in today's era, it's just like any new Metroid comes out and it's like the biggest deal because no new Metroid games come out ever. It's like, wow, th- this is... That that really was a special time for the series, and uh, and I think that Zero Mission was like a, a big part of that. And yeah, I have a lot of fond memories. But uh, one thing that I really remember, but I want to save it until uh, we kind of get to this area. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you, Doom. What what was your? I guess like what was the first time you played Zero Mission? Was it when it released? Was it afterwards? Tell us your Zero Mission story. So yeah, Zero Mission is fairly early in my uh, in my Metroid career. I got it. I don't know if I got it on release day, but it was like close, close to the time it released. And at this point, um, I played a little bit of Metroid two, but it was really Metroid prime. Of course, that really got me into this series and where I like immediately knew that like, hold up, this is, this is something special that I'm playing here. This isn't like some average game right here. And, um, yeah. And then I was intrigued by zero mission, uh, just cause it was just like, Oh, another Metroid game. And, so I, I picked that up and unlike Prime, which I hadn't beaten yet because I was a scaredy cat back then, Zero Mission was the <laughs> first Metroid game uh, I had I had ever beaten. And so that felt like really good. Granted, I had a strategy guide, so I didn't I didn't do it legitimately, but still it, it felt it felt really good to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and I played this game 
more times than I could possibly count. Probably, probably in the hundreds of times I've you know escaped off that um that pirate frigate and watch it explode so many times. And I feel like just as time has passed, I've just enjoyed this game more and more and more. Kind of like what you were saying, where it's like when I was playing it in the moment, it's like, yeah, this is a really tight, solid game. And then you fast forward to my most recent playthrough, which is when I was doing it for the guide. And I was just like, Mm -hmm. my God, there is so much depth to this game. And there's so much cool things going on. And there's so many different ways that you can enjoy it. And it's like, you know, despite the fact that it's a relatively short game, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of the best games to be replayed just because of, like, all the different ways that you can experience each run. Uh, Yeah, um, and and that's a great point that you brought up is, like, it it is a short game, but I feel like, I feel like it's so accessible. Like, if you, we actually, I mean, we we talk about this all the time in our Discord, um, especially over, actually, ironically, on the Zelda Dungeon Discord, we talk about this a lot, because people come to me all the time over there, they're like, Hey Andy, like I'm, I'm trying to get into Metroid. Like, what's my first game I should get into? And and so the the natural thing that I want to tell people is like play Super Metroid because that was the first game I played, and I think that that's like a the truest Metroid experience. But like the what I usually end up saying is like, listen, play Zero Mission because it's it's a really great introduction into what this series is all about, and and it's like it's just it's so accessible. It's such a pleasant time playing it that it, it just. It, like, I think that it would hook any new player into the Metroid series. Um, and yeah, one thing I wanted to mention as well is, like, you know, when when I was doing the guide for Zero Mission, um, it kind of, like, takes your appreciation to a whole nother level, uh, like, just in terms of, like, some of the level design, some of, like, the optimizing of the games and stuff like that. You know, uh, we, we get a chance when we do these guides to, like, take a lot of cool screenshots and see a lot of the different artwork and, like, kind of see, like, a lot of those those textures in the background like you can you can offer a few different ways that you can do certain puzzles and certain things it's just like it's just a really really well crafted really well designed game and um and I quite like it and and here's the thing that I that I remember very distinctly um sticking out to me which which is going to act as a little segue into our next uh, little topic that I wanted to talk about here but I I remember I'm playing the game and I'm like wow this is like this is awesome. Like, this is so much fun because I, I knew that it was a remake of, of Nestroid. And, and I had played a little bit of the NES Metroid, but but I can't say that I, at that point, at 2004, I don't think I'd ever finished it because it's a hard game. It's, it's really hard. And, like, I don't know that there was, like, a whole lot of maps online in 2004 for Nestroid, right? Like, maybe a Nintendo Power Scan or something like that, but, like, that, very, very few. So I was, like... Like, I could finally, like, play this game now and, and finish the first Metroid. But but I knew as well that, like, in the first Metroid that they didn't have things like like the Speed Boost or, like, the, the Various Suit or, or, like, these other bosses that were in the game, right? And I was, like, so impressed with this remake because I think, like, especially at the time, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, I was like had Nintendo ever done a remake like this before where it wasn't just kind of like souped up and like maybe a little extra thing added here or there. This was like an entirely new game. And I was, I was racking my brain. I'm like, well, like on the Game Boy Advance, they released like the, the Super Mario games and like the a Link to the Past. And like those had a few extra things here or there. But like, I don't think it was ever anything on the same level as, as Zero Mission. Like, can you think of anything that was kind of like that? 
Yeah, I think maybe the closest was maybe, you know, Super Mario All-Stars on the SNES, where they literally remade all those games. But those are very faithful remakes to the NES, to the NES versions. Whereas, you know, Metroid Zero Mission, like, again, like you said, it's it's basically a brand new game. Yeah, like the, the... The finer details are there, and actually, like, it's funny because after writing a guide for Nestroid and then writing a guide for Zero Mission, you can see a lot of, like, how faithful it is, but but you're right, it's it's like a whole new game. So I remember I was so impressed by that, but the thing that I was really impressed with is I was I was playing the game, and, you know, I'm in Torian, I'm, uh, I've already beaten Ridley, beaten Kraid, and I'm going up mano a mano with Mother Brain, and, uh, and, and I get the job done and I'm escaping Zebus and I'm, and I'm flying away. And I was like, wow, that was awesome. Like that was a really, really enjoyable remake. I'm really glad that Nintendo did this and the game's not over. And like your ship gets shot down. And I was like, what? Like there, there's more. And, and I just like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I felt like my entire mind was blown. Cause I was like, this is so awesome. Like, this is like. This is so much more than what I was expecting. And, like, it's such a cool idea. There's an entirely cool new area. It's massive. It's different, which we'll talk about in a second. But, like, I just, like, the fact that there was, like, extra endgame content tacked on, I was, I was like, blown away. And, and still kind of am, actually. Because I feel like, really, only the Metroid series kind of does that, to, like, a little bit. Like, you know, like... You, you look at Samus Returns, you look at, uh, I know it's not official, but like AM2R, you look at Zero Mission, it's like, Metroid remakes like really go for it. Like they don't just kind of shine up the graphics and stuff like that. I mean, I guess Metroid Prime did, but you know what I mean? Like I, I was I was so impressed with that and I just thought it was the coolest damn thing that there was like extra stuff to do after the game. I've never played it, so correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Xenoblade Definitive Edition had like a bonus expansion of the Switch version as well. Ooh. You know, but I've again, never played me. it either, actually. But I have played yeah, the cor- first one. Okay, so yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, audience. But I, I could have sworn that that game comes with like 20 hours of extra content or something. But mm. again, either way, either either way, these these are very rare exceptions. Typically, when you know Nintendo uh, remakes or even reimagines a game, in the case of Zero Mission, they usually don't do things like this. And and even Samus Returns, you know, to that extent, it's really just the Ridley fight. It's not like there's like an entire bonus, you know, gameplay section afterwards. I feel like Zero Mission really just goes the extra mile yeah. there. Yeah. So I, I just like, I remember just thinking that that was so awesome and, and really kind of raised the bar, I think, for like what a remake should be. Not even like a, a Nintendo remake or anything like that, but like, like, really really raise the bar on like on what remakes can do and like what kind of effort you should put into it because i i think that you could definitely argue like i I, but i think that you know at the time i think was certainly the greatest remake ever and and now like now you kind of see some remakes finally going all in like like zero mission like the resident evil 2 comes to mind or or maybe like definitive edition for xenoblade that you bring up um had a lot of of really added like tweaks and stuff like that but like this this remake was just such a such a like quality improvement on a game that that really did need like a remake, right? Like I know that Nintendo didn't release a lot of remakes that were, you know, NES remakes or anything like that, but I think Metroid really kind of needed it, especially coming off of the the success of Metroid Prime and Metroid Fusion and, you know, th- those are kind of like odd games because there was a fourth entry in the series and a brand new sub-series so it made sense that nintendo was like listen let's 
let's let's remaster the first game so people can jump in from the very beginning. Um, so I, I think that that was like an excellent choice to do a remake of the first Metroid game. And, and I think it could have been easy just to make like that remake just with like updated physics, updated graphics, updated music. Maybe you could add in something like the the speed boost or a couple extra power ups here and there. But like they, they really went full bore, like recreated total areas, like total abilities. Like, like they really, really went for it when they didn't necessarily have to go for it, especially because Zero Mission at the time kind of felt like not like a filler game, but like it, it was it was in between like the Metroid Prime. So it, it didn't I don't think it had to be as good as it was. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's a shame because, like, you know, obviously, you know, critically, like most Metroid games, it was, you know, received phenomenally. Sales-wise, though, it really, even by Metroid standards, didn't perform that well. It sold um, 900,000, not even not even a 1 million, which yeah. is super unfortunate because I think it's, you know, one of the best in the series. It's easily on my top five, at least. Yeah, um, which... Which kind of, like, goes back to what I was talking about at the very beginning. Because it did kind of feel like like this was a, a, a sneaky, underrated release. Like, it, it almost felt like it came out with very little fanfare. Um, and, and I think that it... I don't think it did come out with very much fanfare, to be honest with you. I just kind of remember seeing, like, oh, there's a preview for it. Oh, it's coming out in, like, a couple months. Oh, okay. Like, I'll, I'll go grab it. Um, and I think that was pretty much it. Whereas, obviously, we had just come from the... The massive promotion behind Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion. So this one did feel a little underwhelming and, and unfortunately sold like that as well, which which is, you know, definitely too bad because I think you're right. This is like definitely one of the upper tier Metroid games, um, particularly 2D Metroid games, I would say. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that that like definitely kind of sticks out to me as, as something that... Uh, I don't know. Something that I just like really loved about the game is like how it was like such an ambitious remake in like such a like I just I was just impressed that that it really like went for it. And like I said, like I think it kind of set a precedent as well. We're like, okay, Nintendo, you want to you want to remake Metroid Two? Well, you better you better remake it up to the same standard that Zero Mission was at because you know this game was you know went above and beyond. And I think that. That standard has mostly been maintained because, like, Samus Returns was amazing. Like I said, I know it's not, uh, I know it's not official, but like, AM2R clearly took inspiration from Zero Mission, just being like, okay, we're gonna remake, but we're gonna rebuild physics, add bosses, add tons of different stuff for the player to do. Like, even Metroid Prime Remastered to to a certain extent. Like, I know that that game didn't add like a ton of extra content or anything like that, but like the care and the quality and the options put into that game, like, I, I feel like. There hasn't been too, too many Metroid remakes, but the ones that we've gotten have all been, like, on, on such a high bar level of, of remake that, that I feel like that, and that precedent was set by Zero Mission. And I say that, as, like, I'm a Zelda fan, so, like, some of those remakes are horrible, and some of those remakes are awesome, and, and a lot of those remakes are somewhat in between, right? But I think you look at the Metroid remakes, and, like, every one of them is awesome. And I think that's uh, due to Zero Mission. Yeah, I think I think Zero Mission really is. I, I it's hard to say if it's really the standard bearer. I think you could absolutely make an argument for it, though. I mean, especially I think it would be for me personally. I think it would be between Zero Mission and Prime Remastered. I'm sure there's other people. I know there's a lot of like big Samus Returns fans out there. I've even seen me some who say that's their favorite. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I've seen people say that that's their favorite Metroid game, and I'm sure you know, a lot of people they would you know put that on the on the high pedestal, and so. Even if I don't hold that position, I absolutely respect the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's, yeah, I just think, you know, 
it shows just how much these developers care about about the series and just you know what they want to do with it yeah um i i think that like again i i just sometimes i stop just to think about like how impressive metroid zero mission is because because the game has like so little fanfare it's easy to just kind of be like yeah zero mission it's a remake like whatever but like it, it really it really was like so much more and and of course there is a portion of the game that i do want to talk about because this game really did like a lot of cool things that like some other metroid games have never dared to do before and first and foremost we should talk about the extensive stealth sequence when you're sneaking through the ship in your zero mission uh, or in your zero mission in your zero suit sorry um i i know that that's like kind of uh a divisive like section of the game for some people but i i don't know i i just love that portion of the game it's my it's actually my favorite portion of the game because it's so different it's so unique i love stealth gameplay you, you know me i'm a big tactical espionage action kind of guy um so uh so i i quite like that segment where you you know you gotta sneak around and you gotta you gotta go undetected or as best as you can and i think it just really adds like a level of of kind of like urgency and like in and panic that i actually think metroid dread kind of looked at that and was like okay like you've got like a million space pirates chasing you how can we replicate that kind of same tense feeling I, I think that they looked at that for inspiration as much as they did the SAX with the with the Emmy zones that they made in Metroid Dread. So I, I like really, I, I really love that that section of the game. Um, and again, I, I know that it is a little bit uh, you know divisive, like I said, but uh, I'm a big fan. Doom, what uh, what were your initial impressions? Maybe when you first played it, and now on this stealth section of the game. So when I first played it, I thought it was insanely hard for like what eight, nine year old me or no, maybe I was 10 at the time. I don't know. It's a uh, too much, too much time travel anyways. <laughs> but no, I thought it was, I thought it was um, a very tough section to be uh, specifically that, um that Chozo ghost at the end, the entity, that thing always gave me so much trouble uh, as a kid with my uh, terrible coordination. But um, you know, naturally as I progress through, I've gotten better and better at it. That being said, I've always found the section just super thrilling, and I think it has such a really good buildup and payoff, especially mm -hmm. for me. And I think maybe we can talk about this as well, because you had a little bit more Metroid experience when you played this than I did. But again, for me, because I at this point didn't really have that familiarity with Metroid tropes and items and whatnot, you know, after you do get your powers back, you know, all of those new items, the space jump, the plasma beam, the gravity suit, all of that was like brand brand new to me. I had I hadn't even unlocked the gravity suit yet in Prime, so even even that was brand new. And I was just like, whoa, what's that? There's another suit. Oh my god, I can fly now. Oh, I can one-shot pirates. This is insane. Like, like, and it's really cool because you know, you already feel pretty powerful by that mother brain fight. Yeah. And then all that gets taken away from you. And I almost feel like this game does the Samus loses her items better than any other game, despite it happening near the end of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I, I think that is fair. Because, like, I guess on one hand, like, this is the this is the first game in the series, so you start off very traditional where you have nothing. Um, so it's kind of a subversion of that, where, yeah, you're kind of thinking that you're in the home clear. And again, that's kind of why I love that stealth section so much, because A, I didn't know that it was coming, and then B, it was so different, and C, it, it was really challenging, because, like, you don't have anything. All you have is your, you know, your stupid little gun, the the paralyzer. Um, so yeah, I, I I love that that portion of the game, and I I actually I've kind of talked about it before on the show. I wish that Metroid would kind of 
do something a little bit more stealth orientated again. Um, not necessarily like to that level, but like something along those lines. Cause I, like, I think it worked really well. I think they tried in dread with like the, uh, the phantom cloak ability, but obviously it didn't pan out quite yeah. the same. And once you really, and once you really optimize that game, like I, I never use it except for like those mandatory doors you have to pass through. I, I agree. I did the same. Um, well, let's uh, let's keep talking about this this game, and and actually, since we're since we're on the topic, I think you could point to the the biggest legacy that this game leaves behind and say Zero Suit Samus. Yep, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, I I honestly think that at this point, Zero Suit Samus is as recognizable and famous as regular Samus, if not more so. I don't know. What do you think about I, that? That's a bold take. I honestly, I, I think that's, I think that's fair specifically one because of smash brothers as a, and as a result too, because of cosplay as well. Like yes. I feel like, you know, both, both variants of Samus are like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if they're exactly one-to-one equally, but I feel like they're in the same quadrant at least. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe, I would maybe it's pushing it to say that um, Zero Suit Samus is more iconic than like the Power Suit Samus, but like the the world like cosplay cosplay in particular, I feel like has just really taken that to another level. Like you have people who aren't even like necessarily Metroid fans cosplaying as Zero Suit Samus. Somebody did it like a couple like a year or two ago for Halloween or something, like some celebrity, and I can't remember who it was, but they dressed as Zero Suit Samus, and like I don't think they knew who that was, but they've they just seen that. Do you remember what I'm talking about? I I think it was uh, I think it was your fave Brie Larson I because I vividly remember at least she was uh, cosplaying as her one year so I think that, I don't know I, I don't, don't remember know. if that was two years ago though I I think Brie Larson would have known like who Samus was obviously but so maybe it was someone else but yeah the, she she def she definitely does yeah yeah the point is like a lot of people cosplay as Zero Suit Samus and I mean you know it's a it's a sexy costume so I get it but um and and certainly you know no complaints but. It's uh, it, it's funny how like that that choice that the game made had like such a I don't know such like an impact when when I I wonder if they were like thinking that that would be a thing when they designed that sequence because um, I think like the focus was obviously on like like stripping Samus down and, and you feeling powerless but to see zero like to see zero suit Samus just take on such a life of her own I, I thought was really cool um, and yeah I, I think you're right also like Smash Bros definitely had like a huge huge hand in that. I remember, you know, I think everybody remembers that first Brawl trailer, and, like, I was not expect Like, you know, you watch that trailer, and you're just kind of like, okay, like, Meta Knight, that makes sense. Pit, yeah, I've seen his trophy a couple times before. Wario, I'm surprised he wasn't in the last Smash game, but, like, Zero Suit Samus, I was just like, what? Like, we got got (laughs) Zero Suit Samus in this game? How do you unlock her? Like... Um, so that, that was a huge thing. And that was a bogus way to unlock Zero Suit Samus, by the way. I wish that they would have just, uh, made her a playable character, which they later on, on, remedied. Honestly, they should have, they should have done Dark Samus instead. But, you know, we, we eventually got her an ultimate, so I'm happy for that at least. Do you remember, like, how many people were, uh, were, like, so upset about Zero Suit Samus's heals in that game? I feel like, th- I feel like that didn't happen till Smash 4, because she didn't really, because she didn't really have those... Yeah, you know, maybe was... maybe you're right. Maybe I'm thinking of Smash Four. I just remember there was like one Smash game where people were like, "She's got she's got high heels." Ah, I was like, you know, who cares? I I mean, I get it. I think they look dumb, but like, it's it's Smash Brothers. Um, yeah. So so that's like a a 
fairly iconic thing from from Zero Mission. And it's funny, of all the things in this game, that that's kind of your biggest takeaway of what this game's legacy is. But I actually have another um, legacy that I think that Zero Mission started as well in the series. And that is, and I've talked about this before, but Zero Mission was really, I think, the first game to kind of switch away from, like, the screw attack being the ultimate weapon that Samus gets to the power bombs being that ultimate weapon that Samus gets. Um, because in Super Metroid, you, you acquire them pretty pretty early on. Metroid Fusion, you acquire them pretty early on. And in Zero Mission, they make a really big deal about those power bombs. Like you're not, you don't get them until you're, um, you're, you know, doing the zero suit sequence and you see the space pirate. He's got the power bombs on the altar or whatever. And he's walking around and, um, they just, they made it seem like a really, really ginormous deal to get these power bombs. And, and I think that the, you saw that kind of weapon shift, like uh, the master sword, so to speak, was no longer the screw attack, it was the power bombs, and you kind of seen that continue in Metroid Other M, Sam's Returns, Metroid Dread. I, I, I actually don't know the reason for that shift. I have to say I don't really like that shift, but that's something that definitely started with Zero Mission. Yeah, I fully agree with you there. I think that might be probably... I don't know if it's my only critique of Zero Mission. It's the only one I can think of right now. But yeah, Jeff, definitely, it's not even necessarily of power bombs being the penultimate weapon. I wouldn't mind that if like they did something with the power bombs to earn it. But they, mm. they, you know, they they hype you up. They, you know, they, you know, they does little space pirate tease. They, they, they make you salivate for it. They make you want it, and then you get it, and it's just like, oh yeah, you just use it to uh, blow up that room to get to the final boss. That's it. Unless you want to go for hundred percent, you're never using these again. Yeah, you know, pretty much. I, I would say that, like, like I, I don't mind it in a sense, like, kind of like you said. Like, if, if it was, um, actually, I, I'll I'll give Other M some flowers here, because I believe in Other M, it's just like a charge-up that, that you get for the power bombs, right? So, like, mm -hmm. it just charges up and then whatever. So, like, I, I think that that's okay, but, like, there, there's really no other um, motivator to go and collect all the rest of the power bombs, like you said, unless you want to get the 100%. Um, so that that's definitely one thing. I mean, I do have some critiques of Zero Mission. I don't think it's a perfect game by any means, but like, there's the, the and those those critiques are like fairly minimal compared to everything else going on with the game. Um, one other one other area that I think that Zero Mission really kind of leaves a, a lasting legacy with is uh, is it Shine Spark puzzles as well. Oh yeah, I think. I th certainly before Metroid Dread came out, I think you could point to that game and say, like, this game has the best Shine Spark puzzles in the series. I, I think Metroid Dread probably took that over, but um, that's a heck of a run. Like, 15 years is a heck of a run to have. Uh, uh, excuse me, more than 15 years. Uh, seven, 17. 17 years. Holy moly. So you just had to watch me do math in real time. Um, but, like, 17 years to, to have, like, the greatest Shine Spark puzzles in the series, I think is, like spectacular and um like looking at our our list of shine spark puzzles here like there's some really really fun intricate shine spark puzzles that you can find in this game that like they're quite challenging and like you're you're talking like diagonal like morph ball shine sparking you you could probably still make an argument that this has the greatest shine spark puzzles in the series and i think that you could convince me of that argument to be honest with you um if, if you really tried 
So, so here's my thing, because I agree with you. Dread, I think, objectively, not just the best Shine Spark puzzles, but just the best Shine Spark in general, with like all of like the movement abilities yeah. you have and just all the ways that you can preserve your momentum. Like it's, I mean, you you can look up like on YouTube and Twitter and whatnot and just see like all of these professional Metroid Dread speedrunners literally like speedrunning from one side of the map to the other and back and forth and just doing all these crazy things and like that that's incredible you 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 objectively cannot do that in metroid zero mission that being said though there's something about zero mission shine spark that i really appreciate where you know it's not as restrictive as super or even fusion shine spark but it has just enough to where you can do so much cool stuff with it with it Mm -hmm. but those restrictions also make it so that when you do pull off these amazing feats it feels just absolutely incredible on a way that I don't necessarily get from Dread's speed booster, if that makes sense. Again, I still think Dread's is objectively the best, but like there's something, there's some extra level of satisfactory uh, satisfaction. I mean, you know, yeah. when you pull off, especially, especially like an unintended shortcut. I, uh, uh, you, you'll, you'll know that like you know after you know I did the main footage for the guide, I was like, you know, I want to go, I want to go back and optimize some of these runs because I actually I had some ideas in my mind of like. And I and I found like all of these unintentional, sh you know, I optimized intentional shortcuts, and then I found ways to do unintentional shortcuts. I found ways to do um, a shortcut in reverse so that I could do the shine spark both ways. Oh, and it was just like it, it was just so much fun, just kind of yeah, naturally figuring it out for myself and just being able to like work this out. Um, yeah, like it's it's just like there's so much utility. There's so much like different ways that you can do things it, which lends itself to sequence breaking as well you put together a great sequence break page for our guide where you were doing stuff i had no idea you could do in this game like like 17 years later i was like what you you could do you could do what now like it, it's it's pretty incredible honestly to to be able to see that in this game and i think that like this really was like and, and i actually have to admit something too like I kind of always wrote off Metroid Fusion as kind of being like a, yeah, in terms of Shine Spark puzzles, like kind of being like, yeah, okay. And, and I think I was actually wrong about that. that. That game does have like some really, really incredible Shine Spark puzzles that I came to appreciate as I was writing the guide for that game. But like Zero Mission, I just, I feel like it's on just a whole other level. It's much more integrated into a lot of the other power-ups that you get. Like one, one of my like constant complaints about the Metroid series in general is like, why should I go and, like, get the 50th Missile Expansion? I, I don't really feel like I need to, but I feel like Zero Mission kind of, like, gets around that by just telling you, like, well, you don't have to, but it's a lot of fun if you want to because there's some crazy Shine Spark puzzles that you can do. So um, that, that kind of gets a, me every and, time. And in a couple in a couple of instances, you can actually get some, like, really cool stuff, like um, early Super Missiles. Like, that's a really yeah. fun Shine Spark puzzle. And you get like a huge reward for that. So, and it's not really that hard either, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's I I actually appreciate that about like many Metroid games, but I'll, I'll single out Zero Mission and, and maybe Metroid Dread as well, and Super Metroid actually. So basically, like half the series. But like a lot of these games, like they really, I don't even know if sequence break is a white is the right word, but like they let you get stuff in an order that you don't think that you should be able to, but it's not that challenging to do so if you are even like kind of skilled at the game you know what i mean like you can do this and then you feel like an absolute rock star after because you're like oh, oh yeah i got like early super missiles and all you need is a little bit more control of your uh of your shine sparking so i i think that the, the game not only is like a great entry into the metroid series for people but like a great entry into like 
sequence breaking little by little if they want to because you can get things like like the uh like the early super missiles if you want to and once you do that you can kind of you're like oh okay like maybe maybe what else i can do is like i can get uh an early shortcut to i mean what are some of the areas that you could get to do you remember off the top of your head uh, uh like early like an early screw attack like that's one you can get to yeah early uh, like yeah the, early, there's a couple yeah, there's different things that you can get uh, various suit that one on honestly that one was one of the hardest for me to get that one doesn't involve the the speed booster but like oh my god you have mm. to you you have to master uh the infinite bomb jump and there's also like breakable blocks underneath you as well it's even harder if you don't have power grip but even with power grip at least for me like that was that took me like 30 minutes with save states to like finally get right and i was just like i'm never doing this again <laughs> yeah so like there's there's a lot of things that that you can do in this game and, and shine spark puzzles are obviously like a, or the shine spark is, is a huge portion of that um so i i do think that this like really kind of set the tone for how good the shine spark could be going forward um to to switch gears a little bit here one thing i also i i'm not, I'm not gonna say it's like a legacy of the game or anything but i think it's something that you and i and dak have all talked about that we really enjoy about the game and that's just like the artwork in, in the game like it, it's the style for Zero Mission looks so, like, awesome. It's like this this kind of bold, very distinct lines. Like, it looks very comic book-esque, um, which I think, like, really, really looks, like, quite slick. Like, I think Zero Mission might have the coolest official artwork of, of any Metroid game, like, yeah, ever, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I, I'm looking at Samus right now. Even, like, the sprite work, you look at, um, like, the way that, like, Ridley comes in with those cutscenes and Kraid comes in with those cutscenes. Mother Brain looks absolutely spectacular. The Ridley robot, that cutscene is awesome. Like, there's just so many, like, uh, like the art direction for this game, I, I think, is, like, just so incredible um, that it, it's it's just, like, a, a very underrated kind of thing because you don't see it, like, a ton in the game, but I, I think it really, really adds to the experience as well. Yeah, the art direction in this game, weirdly enough, it reminds me of F-Zero X, because both of those games are, like, very, like, Western comic book yeah, kind of inspired. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, F-Zero X is obviously, like, a little bit more exaggerated, a little bit more cartoony. Zero Mission Zero Mission doesn't quite go that far. Um, it's definitely not my favorite. I still, like, definitely the, the Prime Trilogy and its kind of, like, sci-fi realism look is probably my, my mm -hmm. preferred way for metroid to look but man zero mission is just absolutely gorgeous and i love some of those render poses of samus too like she has so yeah. just that's even that standard shot of just her walking like with her face towards the camera like so that's such a awesome. bad such a badass shot like i love that render so much <laughs> yeah it looks like absolutely spectacular um it's just like oh I, i'm sorry i'm looking at some of the artwork right now like some of the endings of Zero Suit Sam is sitting in the bar ordering a oh yeah Jager the shot. bar shot <laughs> yeah like it just looks so hey you know what she she earned it after that mission man <laughs> oh yeah she did <laughs> can you imagine I'm mean, actually that's um that's a good segue actually I, hold up before we segue I got to tell you a tragic story so I like I said I owned Metroid Zero Mission uh when when I was a kid and you know what I did with the box art I cut the box so that just the just the top like the front part of the box was was left and i taped it to my wall as like a quasi poster as a child and i did this with a few game boy advance games i did it with like golden sun final fantasy 4 everything i thought had a really cool box art i was like yeah this is slapping it on the wall and like years later i'm just like you fool like that was 
that that was it's gonna cost you so much if you want to get that box again oh oh man i got i i'm gonna tell you a story in response to that because i um so i did something similar with boxes because as a kid you don't understand value you, you not, nonetheless you don't even understand like how much in value these are going to go up but even beyond that you just you don't understand like you know the appreciation of the items you own yeah and one thing that i love to do is i would take um you know my my dvd case box arts and what i would do is i would put like thumbtacks back behind the plastic and i would stick those to my wall and have like the dvd cases like on the wall because kid me thought that was cool for some reason and in a sense it kind of did yeah but those cases are destroyed now like <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and 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 it pains me to think about it yeah you know i, I wish that i wish we could go back and make different decisions yeah. but uh we have um, to go back marty <laughs> yeah we do um so so actually kind of segueing from that artwork i mentioned the uh the cool shot of samus kind of sitting in the bar uh, I, I actually want to talk as well about one of the like one of the elements i guess that i think that this day this game also does like that's kind of cool because you don't really see this in a whole lot of other places in the series except for one place that you see it and you wish you didn't but this game actually like kind of delves into the origin of samus as well very subtly though like like very subtly like it doesn't go overboard with it but it, it definitely like once you get to cho zodia kind of kind of tells you a little bit more about samus without having to stop and like feed you text like you can just kind of see from a few simple cutscenes that like samus has been here samus is samus knows this place she clearly has a connection to the chozo um there's a few shots of samus as a kid which like those look like they're ripped right from that metroid manga if i'm not mistaken mm -hmm. um and i, I yeah think yeah and like even really the, cool and, and even the intro of the game and that little prologue text she mentions that you know she's returning to zebus again yeah so and and i and i think i think zero mission does it well where it's just, it just drops these subtle hints it doesn't beat you over the head with exposition and like a lore dump or anything it's just like these very very subtle details not quite blinking you'll miss it you'll definitely notice it but they don't overstay their welcome yeah and and i just think that it's like appreciated that it, that it tries to do that and tries to because I, I I believe the manga had already been out at this point, and and like a lot of Metroid fans were, you know, really really into that, and and actually even the response that we got to our Metroid manga episode, there's like people that are really into that manga and like treat that. Oh as, yes, yes, they they're very serious about it, very passionate about it, right? Um, and as well as well they should be. Um, and and I like that this game kind of tries to, I feel like this game kind of tries to give those fans a little something. You know what I mean? Like. Like, here's acknowledgement of, of that manga through just a couple still images and a couple scenes in um, in this game. And I, and I think that it's just like, I don't know, I just I think it's really nice that it, it lends itself to, to, to that a little bit. And just tries to tell us a little bit more about Samus without going absolutely overboard trying to tell us a little bit about Samus. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's... Uh, you know, th th I guess that's like my my memories of Zero Mission, kind of in a nutshell. Just you know, having this game come out a little bit unheralded, a little bit underrated, and I think it still probably is. Like, I don't know if a lot of people talk about Zero Mission enough. It, it's never got any kind of re-release. It, it 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 itself is a remake, so no one's ever talking about how you know we should get a Zero Mission remake, anything like that. Um, it it just kind of seems to exist in a bubble, and, and unfathomably, it's still not on NSO either, which seems I was a criminal. 
I was about to say, I feel like it's more relevant than ever right now because the entire Metroid community is like begging this game to appear on NSO, which it should. And and I think it will. Like it just it just makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Um and, and we finally I'd be shocked if it didn't come this year. I, I would be too. Yeah, I would be too. And it seems like we're finally getting to a place where like I, I don't know about you, but I like I felt for a while, like for me, like it, it felt like the like the Game Boy Advance NSO were like really stagnated. It didn't seem like there was anything that came out for like months, months and months and months for, for Game Boy NSO. And and finally it was like, oh, here you go. You want to play Golden Sun? Here's Golden Sun. And so like now it kind of feels like maybe maybe we get maybe we're rolling a little bit and, and maybe Zero Mission can come and and you know come to NSO and get into the hands of a lot more people. Because like as you say I, I don't know if- Am I or, wrong? Or sorry, you finish. Well, no, no. Well, I, I if just... I'm wrong about that, it, it, that's that's just kind of what it seemed like to me. Like it just seemed like there was nothing that came out for it for like the longest time. Or maybe it's just that there was nothing interesting. Let me, because I know that like yeah. the Kirby games and stuff came out, but I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a Metroidvania. We could do an inspired by Metroid on that. Well, we we could do a lot <laughs> of things on this show, but uh, we don't have to lower I, I feel ourselves like... to that. I, I feel like I feel like the N sixty four was what was really stagnant this year because I could have sworn there was at least one, if not more, GBA games every single month since that um that twenty that February twenty twenty three direct. Yeah, N sixty four. You're not wrong. Like I, I feel like there was a bunch of Mario Party games that were released, but like my philosophy, and I know that you disagree with this, but like at least to me, I'm like. I don't know, man. You play one Mario Party, you kind of played them all, you know. Like I don't need Mario Party one, two, three, four, five, et cetera, et cetera. Like just one is fine for me. Um, but yeah, I, I think like NSO in, in general has definitely kind of stagnated. Like it's, it's. I don't remember the last time there was a Super Nintendo game added. Like it's been a while. And the last time that there was a good Super Nintendo game added was been like years, like years. Hmm. So yeah, I want. I want to say it's. Fair. I want to say it was fairly recent, but again, it was so unmemorable that I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, like, like there are, like, some games that, that come out, but, like, I think, like, the last, uh, the last Super Nintendo game was, like, some weird, like, dinosaur game or something like that, so, I, I don't know, my, my point was, is I feel like, I feel like finally, like, the Game Boy Advance is, is kind of picking up some momentum, so hopefully we can see this game come soon, because, like, I really would like it to get another life right like an, an an experience people who haven't played it to experience it again because i do think that like like i said like i talk about metroid all the time in the zelda dungeon discord ironically obviously i talk about metroid in the metroid discord too but like people constantly ask me like which which game like should i start with and and i think probably the best answer is zero mission like if you want to be if you're a, a someone that's thinking about getting into metroid i think zero mission is like the perfect place where you can you can go and do that so i yeah i I really hope that it does come soon because it it feels like it feels like it should have been one of those games that like really kind of launched with the game boy advance and i know we had metroid fusion and maybe i sound greedy but like i don't know it it feels like it really should be Mm -hmm. i i don't think it's great with with the gba nso out i don't think it's greedy like when people think of the gba People usually don't just think of fusion. People usually think of both of those. It's like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. One is obviously more important and more prominent, but like when you think of like Zelda on the N64, it's a package deal. Yeah. Um it, and that game came, by the way, to uh to the N sixty four online like right away. Um 
actually, I'm just taking a quick look at, at so the last couple games that were released for 64, there was actually a couple cool ones. There was Goldeneye was released, uh, Pokemon Stadium, Excite Bike, 1080, Jet Force Gemini, and Harvest Moon in the last year. So, so Jet Force Gemini nice. was actually Jet Force Gemini was actually pretty hype. I did not expect that one to come. That was one of the ones they didn't reveal, and I, I think they revealed that the same day as the Game Awards. They just like. Oh yeah, surprise, here's a mm-hmm. rare game that we did not announce. <laughs> you know, I actually tried to play Jet Force Gemini. And I actually owned it as a kid, but I don't think I ever played it. My brother played it, and so I, I tried to play Jet Force Gemini, and I had I had a heck of a time playing it. Um, but I, so, so actually, to my point, um, I'm taking a look, and Golden Sun, Golden Sun The Lost Age, and Kirby and the Amazing Mirror are the only games that were added this year, it looks like. Um, so there's definitely some, there's definitely some more to come and, and F zero maximum velocity is also supposedly on the way, but, uh, it's not here yet. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really hope that it comes soon. Um, because it, it, this really is like one of the, the great Metroid games that, uh, that you should play. Now, like I said, I do have some critiques about the game. Um, and actually specifically, you know, we've kind of talked before, like, I, I don't think that the music is, is quite up to snuff uh, with the rest of the series. And, and some of that is due to you know the the limitations of the Game Boy Advance, but some of that is just due to the some of the remakes and stuff like that that they chose to do. Like I think Ridley doesn't sound as good. I think Craig doesn't sound as good. But like I don't know. Like the, the game, the game I think is quite easy as well. Um, which which can be good, can be bad. I mean, there's a hard mode, I guess, which is fine. But uh, and and as we'll talk about next week, I actually I don't know if this game has like a truly great boss battle. I don't know if you would agree with that or not, but. And we'll obviously talk about this a lot more next week, but that those would be some critiques that I have off the top of my head. But I mean, you kind of take those aside. Like this really is like a, it's a video game. It's a video game's video game. You know, like it's it's just like so mm-hmm. solid in almost every way. I th- I think I really like that um that Chozo spirit fight for what it is, even though it's like a very non traditional boss fight. You know, you're not really yeah. You know, you're not really. I mean, I guess it, I guess it technically has weak points, but you know what I mean. It's very. Different. I know exactly I think, what you I think, mean. I, I think the reason I appreciate it so much is like it's so very obviously inspired by Castlevania, and I just think it's really cool whenever those series reference each other. Yeah. It's a very Castlevania fight in a Metroid title, and that's just like so awesome. Yeah, I I have a lot to say about that fight actually uh, next week when we do the boss rankings, but. Um, like you kind of take that aside, and like yeah, I, I don't know if there's like a, a truly spectacular boss fight like certainly not on the level of metroid fusion where like there are multiple boss fights in that game that are like amazing um but like you kind of take that out and it's like not a whole lot of weak points of this game so so like i just like i think that you can really boil down the legacy of, of metroid zero mission to me just being like this game really set the tone for how remakes should be not only for metroid but i feel like for nintendo as a whole um, introduced the world to Zero Suit Samus, which kind of took on a life of its own almost immediately after the game. Which is funny because, like we've said a couple times, the game like d- didn't have like a whole lot of uh, hype coming out around it when it when it came out. This is part of this was actually part of that infamous E3, uh, which had the Pac Man thing as like the main event in two thousand three. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. Well, we uh, covered that during Oof. our E three retrospective we last year. We sure did, and that was uh, that was one of the all time E threes. Let me tell you that. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I then just, Nintendo made up for it in 2004. <laughs> yes, they did. Actually, so it's so really funny. Uh, here's a side story. So I, I was telling you I was reading the Tetris Effect book, which I finished and was awesome. Yes. And so I'm thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I never actually finished the uh, the Reggie Fizeme book, disrupting the game. And so I decided to pick it back up, and I blitzed through it in about a day and a half. And it obviously picks up at about E3 2004, and um, they were, you know, they were freely talking about how horrible E3 2003 was, and it really made me nostalgic for for E3 because they're talking about like the preparation for the event, like preparing the speech and preparing this and preparing that, and um, it's it's sad that those days of uh, you know seemingly went away. So uh, yeah. Just wanted to, to mention that really quick. But yeah, to my point, I think the legacy of, of Zero Mission, the remakes uh, really set the bar for that. Zero Suit Samus. And um, again, just kind of like a, a fundamentally just solid video game that, that doesn't have a whole lot of weak areas to it. Um, arguably doesn't have as many great areas as some of the other Metroid games um, that would come before and after. But like... I think that I think that that's perfectly okay. It's just like a it's exactly what it needs to be. It's a solid, accessible intro to the Metroid series, which is appropriate because it's the first game chronologically in the series. And um, and yeah, just just makes I think it just makes like getting into Metroid really easy and really and really great. So you know, all all of that the legacy of Metroid Zero Mission twenty years later to me just seems like one of the quintessential Metroid games. Yeah, absolutely. And and as far as the easy bosses go, because I, I, you know, obviously I totally agree with you there. I also don't think it's as bad just because, you know, they're over in like a snap, you know, if you mm. know, if you know what you're doing, yeah. you know, it's not like they're easy, but, you know, they just tank shots all day. It's like, no, nah, you can you can take out Kraid in like four seconds. You can take out Ridley in like four seconds. And and, you know, after that, you know, you're just you're back in you're back in the game again. Yeah. And um, if you are playing for the first time, you know, I've I've seen some people still you know die on these fights which i know for us seems silly but you know you got to remember this is you know people's first metroid game they don't have they haven't quite developed that sixth sense yet and so you know Mm -hmm. you know i think for beginners you know it could still provide enough of a challenge to where it doesn't feel like a cakewalk um i will say too uh so this this is kind of separate from zero mission but i've played a couple rom hacks of zero mission those bosses are crazy like the chozo test in particular i think it was in um the elder scrolls Metroid Zero Mission ROM hack uh, called Six Scrolls. That boss is nuts. It's so freaking hard. Uh, it, it's it, it's wild. The Ridley boss was crazy because I think you fought him with like three energy tanks or something like that. So the, the bosses can be tough, definitely. Um, and and definitely, you know, it's... Uh, but I, but at the same time, like I'm kind of glad that they're a little bit easier. I'm kind of glad that this game does have those Chozo statues that tell you where to go. Because like I, I do think that the intention with this game was like... How can we get people into Metroid, bring them in from the very start, make them feel comfortable, make them like Metroid fans? And I and I think that a nice, short, accessible game, especially in the era when this came out where it was like you could rent this game, beat it in a weekend, right? Like, I think that was like, I think that was a good, I think that was a good decision. Yeah, and so much of that stuff is optional too. Like the first couple of Chozo statues are mandatory. Vast majority of them are completely optional, though. So if you yeah. don't want those hints, you can just just walk on by. Don't even bother. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, there you go. Uh, Twenty years of Metroid Zero Mission. I feel old as hell because, I, like I said, I that, remember getting this. I, I was about to say this. This should be illegal. <laughs> it should be illegal, dude. It's uh, I would have been sixteen when this game came out. How old? Yeah, sixteen when this game came out. 
um, which feels like an absolute eternity ago. I had not graduated high school yet back when I was 16, obviously. So yeah, I'm feeling a little bit old today. And um, I'll tell you what, I'm going to feel extra old because not we have another anniversary coming up in a few weeks that we're also going to do a whole slew of shows for. We've got 30 years, 30 years of Super Metroid, which is absolutely incredible. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time. Honestly, it might be my favorite game of all time. That and Ocarina of Time, like they're, they're, they're at the top. Um, so that's coming up. We uh, we do have another uh, Zero Mission episode coming next week. We're going to be ranking the bosses, which I think is going to be fun. Because, like like I said, I don't know if there's a truly great boss battle. But, like, there's not really, like, uh, a ton of what I would classify as stinkers. Like, even, like, talking about some mm-hmm. of the Ridley fights that we've talked about before. Like, I think it's a weaker Ridley fight, but it's still fun. So, like, I'm interested yeah. to see where we end up on that. Um, and, and as well, I should mention, I don't know if I officially announced this or not, but in two weeks' time... Alien in Review returns, so we're gonna be back with AVPR. I'm stoked about that. So yeah, we got a whole we got a whole slew of uh, cool content coming up here soon. And you know what? Maybe maybe Zero Mission comes to NSO one day. And if it does, we have got an entire guide, step by step walkthrough that will kind of navigate you and, and give you a suggested path to follow if you wanna if you wanna do that over on OmegaMetro.com. So we're ready for Zero Mission. I hope that it's coming soon because I think that it deserves it. So, and, and if it doesn't, honestly, just just emulate it. It's literally, it's so easy. But, you know, if you can't, if you don't want to do that, I understand it, and I don't hold it against you. Either way, it needs to come to NSO, for real. Um, any final thoughts about Metro Zero Mission before we uh, jam out of here, Doom? Um, I absolutely love this game. It's constantly trading places with Dread as, like, my number three. And, um, yeah, it's really, I, I, think it's, I think that's just a testament to the quality of this game, where... I feel like it's whatever I played the most recently. Like, I'll probably play Dread next, and I'll probably be like, oh, never mind, Dread's my number three. And then I'll play Zero Mission again. It's like, oh, that's my number three. And, yeah, it's just, it's such a quality title 20 years later. And, you know, even despite, you know, all these advancements that we've made, it's you know, especially in 2D Metroid, I think this game just still holds up, just has such a unique flavor to it mm-hmm. that just always keeps me coming back. Um, one last thing I'll say about this game. I've said it before, but the, the main title theme, I know I was kind of dogging on the music a little bit, but the main title theme, mm, 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 and was also featured in one of my favorite songs from LP of Run the Jewels fame. So, uh, there you go. A little bit of trivia for you. Um, all right. Well, that being said, we're going to get out of here. If you have not played Zero Mission in a long time, do yourself a favor, fire it up. It's short, it's easy, and it's just a... It's a nice, comfortable, nostalgic game to play, and and I think you're. I, I'd be really surprised if anyone could play this game and not come away just feeling really, really warm and fuzzy. So so fire it up, give it a give it a whirl for its 20th birthday, because wow, 20 20 years that deserves a replay. So so go ahead and do that, um, and go ahead, check us out wherever you are on social media. We are at Omega Metroid Pod at Spateri 316 at Duminal Cross over on Twitter and Blue Sky. Uh, check out OmegaMetroid.com. As I mentioned, we got Zero Mission guides, maps, videos, expansions, locations, all of that kind of stuff. Doom and I put that all together there, so go and check out the fruits of our labor. Um, and you can check out a bunch of other stuff while you're there as well. You can get a full archive of this podcast. Tons of stuff, so go check out OmegaMetroid.com. Uh, we also have a Patreon where... By God, we have a show called the Great Metroid Area Ranking, and that is rolling along. We're getting 
We're getting down to about the halfway point, so there's only about half the areas left to rank, so we're getting to the to the juicier spots now, so go ahead and check that out over on patreon.com forward slash spnet. And of course, lastly, wherever you get your podcasts, like, subscribe, recommend, rate, review, if you've got a Metroid fan in your life, tell them where they can get their weekly Metroid fix. There is no one else on the earth that does a weekly Metroid podcast. No one else is crazy as us. So, uh, you know, show us some love. Give us a give us a follow. Give us a download or something like that. That would be super awesome. That, my friends, is going to do it for us this week. We just want to say happy birthday once again to Metroid Zero Mission. And we will see you guys next week and next mission. So until then, take care. <laughs>